back at it again, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Robson Sportscast. I am your host, Alex Robson. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Now, we got a lot of sports to talk about today, as usual, on the Robson Sportscast. So let's go ahead, stop the chit-chat, and get right into it. Ow, I just stubbed my toe on my desk and it really hurt, but we're going to push through it. So, we are indeed in the middle of the Adams crisis. Star safety Jamal Adams has reported to have asked for a trade out of New York City, where he is a member of the New York Jets, due to frustration with contract negotiations. Jamal Adams states that the New York Jets were going to propose an extension back in January. Now, for all those out there, that time has kind of become a little liquid to them. They don't really understand it anymore due to all the social distancing and the stay-at-home orders and all that due to corona. It is currently June 21st as I'm recording this right now. Yeah, that never happened, did it? Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about this. So we never got that from him, from them. And Jamal Adams believes that the franchise, quote, is dragging its feet. And again, quote, a lot of talk, no action. Now, the current GM of the New York Jets is Joe Douglas. He started the job last season after Mike McCanahan got fired. He states that he wants Jamal Adams to be a, quote, jet for life. And when Douglas first got the job, he also was listening to offers for Jamal Adams. Now, I just want to get this quickly out of the way. Listening to offers and actively shopping are two completely different things. The Jets were never trying to trade Jamal Adams. They were just listening to offers as they should because you never know what teams are willing to give up for a superstar. And that's what Jamal Adams is, a superstar. Now, Jamal Adams wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. The current highest paid is Eddie Jackson of the Chicago Bears. He's currently making $14.6 million per year. Problem with that is Jamal Adams has two years left on his current deal. He'll make $3.5 million this season if we have one. And $9.9 million in 2021. Now, when this news broke out, of course, everybody had mixed reactions to it. People that probably had the worst reaction to it were us Jets fans. I say us because I am a New York Jets fan. And trust me, I have a little bit of a rant at the end of this. I'm just trying to get through the actual stuff that I have written here before I kind of go off script and just go off a little bit. Because I have a lot on my chest about this. So someone must have said something to him. I have had this full thing. It's from Instagram, a post that Jamal Adams had. And he commented back to, I guess, a heckler. I don't know what the topic was. I just saw Jamal Adams' response to it via from ESPN. And whew, let's just say Jamal Adams had time that morning. So let's go ahead. This is probably, if it was a full page, probably about a half a page. So let's just go ahead, get through this. Let's go ahead. Do y'all, this is quote Jamal Adams from this post on Instagram. Do y'all speak without understanding what y'all are typing or no? Oh, I see. 
what this is. I deserve to be paid, but when I ask to be taken care of, I'm, quote, being that guy, huh? What does Pat have to do with me? Now, I believe this fan, or whatever he was, heckler, whatever, must have said something about Patrick Mahomes and how Jamal Adams asked him to get extended before Patrick Mahomes. I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. What does Pat have to do with me? Pat is about to get 40 to $60 million a year. Well-deserved. That's my guy. But don't compare me to a quarterback if I'm not getting paid quarterback money. This is a big beep. What I'm... Beep. Um, <laughs> I can't say this word. If I was on the radio right now, if I was live on radio, the FCC would be on me like, like flies on Dookie. So I can't say what this word he said, but uh, if I was about to get that, you wouldn't hear a damn word from me. Don't use the pandemic excuse. Must have used the pan- about the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, got paid not too long ago. I had to flip the page. That's how long Jamal Adams goes on. Well-deserved. Great friend of mine. I'm going to protect myself just like an organization will. And if you guys don't respect that, cool. It's all love. Jamal Adams spells the love weird. It spells the L-U-V. I mean, it says the same, but still. And he says after that, maybe it's time to move on. And again, this was after the rumors broke out. And the reports broke out about Jamal Adams asking for a trade. I'll just say that. And I'll also say this. Even if I wasn't a New York Jets fan. And I were to see this completely unbiased. This is not good for the New York Jets. Jamal is fed up. And you can just tell that. He's not happy right now. And in a way, none of us are with everything that's going on in the world. But Jamal Adams is fed up. And he played into this fan. And I think this is, wasn't really directed to the fan himself. I think this was directed to everybody. Everybody, every one of the hecklers and the Jets fans that have turned on him. That just kind of got to him, along with everything else. I'm sure it compounded, and he just sort of let it all out right there. Now, Adam Sheffer of ESPN, an NFL insider, has reported that the teams Jamal Adams would accept a trade to are the Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. And later on, Ryan Clark, another ESPN guy, reported that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also on the table for Jamal Adams. New York Jets have no plans of moving Jamal Adams anywhere. They have him in their long-term future. And like Joe Douglas said, they want to make him a Jet for life. But they're also scared of Jamal Adams sitting out until he gets an extension. Now, throughout his first three years in the NFL, he has played and started 46 games. He's got two picks, one a pick six, one touchdown. Six forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, 12 sacks, and 273 total tackles, 110 solo, 63 assisted. Add that to 28 tackles for loss. That's just the simple stuff. I looked on Pro Football Focus on some other stuff. They got a huge list of all sorts of other stats and all that kind of stuff. 
I don't know if I could fit it all on one page. Uh, <laughs> and I only got I got a time limit on all this stuff, believe it or not, how much I ramble. No one is disputing. And if you do, you're crazy. That Jamal Adams deserves the money he wants. In my opinion, Jamal Adams is top three in terms of safeties. This is in no particular order, but I believe currently the top three safeties in the league right now are Jamal Adams, Darren James of the Chargers, and Earl Thomas of the Ravens. That's my top three, no particular order. You can make a strong armor for either one being number one. Jamal Adams arguing for being number one. What is he not good at? He tackles well. He's a hard hitter. He can play in coverage, zone or man, does not matter. He can cover your wide receiver. He can cover your tight end. Add that to the fact he can rush the passer. And he can stuff the run. Out of those three, you ask me, he may not be the best. We can debate that. May not be the best, but he may be the most complete out of those three. In terms of he can do everything and does it all well. In Jamal Adams' case, it's not just well, it's at an elite level. Jamal Adams deserves his cash. He deserves the bank he's going to get. But not right now. Not with two years left on his deal. That's too big of a risk for the franchise that's going to be signing him. And vice versa, Jamal Adams wants his money before if something god awful would happen to him. I understand it, trust me. But I have an issue with it. And this is the beginning of the Jets fan in me. I'm letting it loose a little bit. I'm going to try and contain myself. I'm saying any big words that it would, like I mentioned earlier, the FCC would be on me if it was a radio show. I'm going to try and keep away from that. One may slip out, and I think I have a sensor thing here on Anchor that I can use. My biggest question for Jamal Adams, as a Jets fan, what the hell happened to you? Jamal Adams, when we, the New York Jets, three years ago, were on the clock for the sixth overall pick in the draft, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were still on the board. Yet I screamed and hollered and was so happy when Roger Goodell stood on that stage and said, the sixth pick the New York Jets select, Jamal Adams. I had seen what you had done at LSU. Me being a Florida Gators fan, we play you guys every year. Hell, you were almost a Florida Gator, actually. Look that interview up. I believe he actually said that. I remember hearing that somewhere. For what you did on the football field, and how you carried yourself off of it. You were humble. You had work ethic. And you already had a lot of talent. 
Jamal Adams was number one on my list, and the Jets got him. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Deshaun Watson. Guys that I truly believe that the New York Jets franchise would be different on offense if they drafted them. That humble Jamal Adams has vanished. It is replaced by a diva. The one thing I hate in the NFL is entitled football players. And that is what you're asking and being right now. The entire New York Jets fan base adored you, Jamal. Most still do. Maybe not most. Some still adore you. I still am on that list. I still love you, Jamal. But they loved you because of what the message you brought was to New York. I'm going to come in. I'm going to help change the culture. And we're going to take the New York Jets to the Super Bowl. Didn't say, hasn't said a specific year yet, but he said he wants to get him back there. Even you yourself, Jamal Adams, have said, I want to be a New York Jet for life. And now, we flash forward to now. Months after the 2019 season. During a global pandemic and coronavirus. That it is so bad and has been around for so long already. That we don't even know if we're going to get a 2020 football season in the NFL or college or just in general. You want out now? Why now? In the middle of a... You said not to make the, the pandemic argument. That's the biggest argument you can make against this. There is a global pandemic that is killing people. And infecting more. To the point we don't even know if a 2020 football season is, is even a thing possible. People are getting sick left and right. And now you want to get out? Let me bite you up on something, Jamal. All those teams that are listed that you want to go to, that you would welcome a trade to, and I'll read them out again. Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, Seahawks, and Bucks. Or Buccaneers. I don't know if anyone's nitpicky about that. <laughs> but all those teams have something in common except for really one. They got a franchise to take care of in their quarterback. Ravens. Jamal, uh, Jamal Adams. Talk so much about Jamal Adams. His, head, head is, his name is stuck in my head. Lamar Jackson. He's got to get taken care of. He needs more weapons, in my opinion. Hollywood Brown is good, but I don't think... I don't know about him a number one yet. Dallas Cowboys, they have to fix an aging O-line. 
and they're eventually going to have to get pay a quarterback, whether that be Dak Prescott or somebody else. Houston Texans need both of what the Ravens and the Cowboys need, offensive line and weapons for Deshaun Watson. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is going to get a mega deal. It's going to be absurd what he gets. The Eagles, they're going to have to get Carson Wentz more weapons because all his weapons do right now is get hurt. 49ers, they got to get more weapons for Garoppolo. Seahawks, they need everything on offense except for quarterback. And maybe running back. Desperately offensive line. And the Buccaneers, for the two, maybe three years they got him, they got to protect and get protect Tom Brady. And after Brady's gone, they're either going to have to draft and eventually take care of or pay for a free agent quarterback. Jamal, none of these teams are going to be able to do what the Jets won't do right now for you. Not right now, anyway. They got too much going on right now to pay a guy two years left in a contract. Why would they pay you? And I'm not again, I'm not saying you don't deserve the money. You deserve the money. Emphasis on that. You deserve the money. But why would they pay you before they protect the guy that wins Super Bowls? And the quarterback. All these teams, I mentioned a couple weeks, a couple episodes ago, maybe even last episode, that there are quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl and there are quarterbacks you can win a Super Bowl with. Every team that I just mentioned, except maybe the Cowboys, are quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl. And those are the guys you've got to take care of first. Or could that be the quarterback itself, the weapons around him, and the offensive line protecting him? That's priority number one. And like you said earlier, you're not getting paid quarterback money because you're not a quarterback. Oh, and by the way, the Ravens and Eagles or the other two places that Joe Douglas, your current GM, has been to. And he has built winning cultures there. And he is respected all across this league. And he is bringing that to New York. In one draft, he has done better than any Mike McCannahan draft ever. Mike McCannahan is the former GM of the New York Jets. This past season has been better than all his drafts probably combined. The winning culture is coming, Jamal. You don't want out of here because it's a contract issue, do you? I don't think you do. This isn't a contract issue, do you? This is much simpler than that. This is, 
I want to get the hell out of New York issue. And as a fan, I understand that. I love to hate the Jets most days. I mean, the past three seasons, the three seasons you've been in the league, Jamal, in order, 5-11, 4-12, 7-9. They have been awful. But with how last season started, I consider this past season a win. We were 0-4 at a point. 0-3, sorry. No, it, it was 0-4. We were 0-4 at a point. And somehow when Sam Darnold got back, everything changed. Offense actually looked half decent at times. Not the offensive line, but the offense itself. We started off 0 4 and finished 7 and 9. That's a win in my book. But I understand it. After all you talked about was bringing winning football to New York, making New York Jet football great. And bringing dogs into New York. You did the work behind the scenes along with the upper, like the GM and all that kind of stuff. You brought in CJ Mosley, Le'Veon Bell. You got them to draft Quinnen Williams. Got them to draft Makai Becton. This was all you, Jamal. And your mentality, you wanted to bring dogs and bring winning football to New York. And now you want out. And once again, this is not a contract issue. This is I want out of New York issue. And I understand it. And for me, it is forever all love. L-U-V, how you spell it, all love between you and me, Jamal Adam. You'll forever probably be my favorite football player in the NFL right now. But you're either with us, Jamal, or you're against us. And you're showing right now your true colors. When push came to shove, you're about yourself. You became the one thing I thought you were not. And that is a selfish diva that just wants a paycheck. Now, before I have an aneurysm, I'm getting too animated in this. Let's move on to our next topic. some good water <clears throat> had to cool off a little bit after that uh, Jamal Adams talk there from the inner Jets fan within me that's actually kind of passionate about being a Jets fan uh, <laughs> there's not much there trust me it takes a lot for it to come out but um sticking sort of with the NFL theme um Adam Schaefer recently released his 2020 record predictions for the NFL the entire NFL now, these aren't like the Fox Bet sort of deals where they're like, oh, 9.5 wins. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not huge on betting. Last time I bet on anything sports-related, uh, it was against my buddy who was a Patriots fan. And if I lost a bet, which the Jets ended up losing, um, of course, to the Patriots, had to grow my hair out. I hadn't done that since I was in second grade, I believe. This was my sophomore year. Uh, it was rough 
trying to contain that. I had to keep it to the end of the year. That's the only time I can get a haircut. Um, that was rough, and I'll never make a sports bet like that again. I also still owe my dad, who's a Seahawks fan, a wax strip to the leg because the Seahawks beat the Jets the last time they played. But um, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but anyway, so I decided we're going to take a little break from Fake Out or Breakout. That's usually what I would put right here. But we're going to take a little break from that for a couple weeks. And we're going to look at these records that he's predicted, and we're going to make our own predictions here on the Robson Sportscast. So, we're starting with the AFC East, since we've already talked a a lot about an AFC East team. So, we're going to start with the AFC East. So, here we go. Edition 1 of NFL Record Predictions from the Robson Sportscast. We're starting off with the AFC East. Now, Adam's prediction for the AFC East, he's got the Patriots finishing on top at 9-7 and and making the playoffs. Second place right behind him is the Buffalo Bills at 9-7, and seven, but missing the playoffs. Third place, you got Miami at 7-9, and then last place, you got the Jets at 4-12. Now, when I went through the schedule and I went through this sort of like a Madden simulation, um, I did not play Madden or anything like that, no. I just said, this is best case scenario, like no one gets hurt, there's no holdouts, there's nothing like that. This is a perfect world for each of these teams. And they're saying, oh, just a perfect world. Everyone goes 16 and 0. Don't be picky. But uh, here we go. We're going to start from the top and work our way from the bottom in terms of Adam's predictions and standing. So we're going to start with the New England Patriots. Renee, I hope you're listening. So, my prediction for the New England Patriots they start off at home versus Miami. I got that as a W. The Patriots don't lose at home that often. And I think the Dolphins, I think they're going to start real slow and then get hot at the end for a specific reason, but we'll get into later when we talk about Miami. Week two at Seattle, no way in the world they win that one. I have a rule that I never pick a quarterback when it's his first time going into Century Link Field. I just don't do it. I did it this past season. My fam- my, and my dad's side would do this all the time. We do pick for every week, and I picked... The Seahawks to beat the Ravens when Lamar Jackson went there. As phenomenal as Lamar Jackson is. Uh, then they're at home against Vegas. Uh, they got a W on that one. They're going to lose three straight when they go to Kansas City and at home against Denver. They got a bye week after that, and then they're going to lose at home to the 49ers. They're going to get back into the win column at Buffalo. Now they're going to go at New York in Week 9. Call me crazy, but I somehow seeing the Jets getting that one done. I do somehow see them getting that one done. I think they're going to sneak one out of them. They're not going to sneak two out of them. I'll go ahead and say week 17, I got the Patriots winning that one. So let's just all calm down. But then they got week 10 against Baltimore. They're going to take a loss on that one at home. They're going to go Houston. They're going to get an easy win there. They're going to go back home to play Arizona. They're going to easy win that one. They're going to go one and two on this road trip here. They're going to lose to the Chargers but beat the Rams. And then they're going to take a loss at Miami. And then they're going to lose the, the win the final two games at home against the Bills and the Jets. Capping off an 8-8 eight and eight season. And it's the first time, I don't know how many years, the Patriots will not win the AFC East. Now, crazy saying the Patriots are going 8-8, eight and eight, but you got to understand. It's not going to be because of the defense. Defense is going to be phenomenal still next year. They still got Stephon Gilmore, who's the best corner in the game easily. And it's not a knock against Jarrett Stidham. Personally, I like Jarrett Stidham. I really do. And, of course, we can never question Bill Belichick. I think very easily 
Patriots could go win more games. But I don't think it's going to happen. Because Jared Stidham's best receiver is Julian Edelman, and he's a slot guy. He doesn't have the weapons to get it done this year. But I really hope New England sticks with Jared Stidham throughout the whole year. I hope they stick with him in the future because they build around him. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But I think it's just going to be a down year or two for New England in terms of the Patriots standard. They go 8-8 eight and eight that season in 2020. So let's move on to Adam's second place team in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. Now, they start the season off at home against the New York Jets. Remember what happened? Most of you probably do, but just in case you don't. So week one of last season, 2019, the New York Jets were destroying the Bills defensively. I mean, they were just, Josh Allen could do nothing. They were just suffocating him or suffocating the receivers. They were just dominating, particularly C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley goes hurt. He goes out. That defense is lost, and the Bills went 17-16. They had to come back from 16-0. I don't see that happening again. I think the Jets will pull week one out. But then the Bills are going to go on a four-game win streak. They're going to beat Miami on the road, beat the Rams at home, and then win two straight on the road against the the Raiders and the Titans. Now, they got a home game against Kansas City. I think this is going to be a really good football game. But I've learned plenty of times to never doubt Patty Mahomes. And even against the best defenses, he finds ways to get it done. So I got the Chiefs getting that win. I got the Bills losing that one. Then they go on the road to the Jets. They're going to easily win that one. They're not going to make that mistake twice. Um, Then, of course, week eight, they're going to lose to the Patriots because that's Bill Belichick. I don't think he's going to lose a lot against his division. Um, Then they got a home game against Seattle. This one was difficult for me to pick. But I got the Bills winning that one. I think Seattle's the better team. But it's November in Buffalo. And it's a 1 o'clock game for a West Coast team. That matters. Lord knows it could just come down a blizzard in that game. So I got the Bills taking that win. Then they go to Arizona. I think they're going to lose that one. I do think they will have a rough one before the bye week. They got week 11. Then week 12, they go back home to face the Chargers, and I think they get that one done. Tyrod Taylor, I don't know if Tyrod Taylor will be the starter for that one, but I don't really think it matters. Um, but yeah, week 12, I think they get a win against Buff against the Chargers. Then they got go on the road to San Francisco, and I got the Bills winning that one too. I really do. I got the Bills going on the road and beating the defending NFC champions. Because Call me crazy. Stephon Diggs versus Richard Sherman. Give me Stephon Diggs eight out of ten times. Because you can't play zone all the time. You're going to have to run man, and Stephon Diggs is just going to run right past Sherman. Let's just be honest here. So I think they got that win. I think they get a win back at home against Pittsburgh. I think they take a loss on the road at Denver at Mile High Air. It's the first time that Josh Allen will play at Denver, and that is, in effect, playing in that Mile High Air, as I mentioned. Then they're going on the road, and I think they're going to get lo- lose to New England at Week 16. 
In Week 17, they get a W against Miami, finishing off the season at 10-6. and They will win the division, and they will make the playoffs. Let's move on to our third-place team in the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are going to get off to a very rough stretch. Now, I think the first two games are at New England, at home against Buffalo. They take an L on both of those. You've got the first week win, week three, at the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are very possibly can go 0-16. Um, now they got a home game against Seattle. I don't care about a 1 o'clock start there. It's going to be slaughter. I think Seattle wins that one easily. Um, at San Francisco, at Denver, and home against LA Chargers. I think they lose 3-0-3-2. That's a four-game losing streak. It bounced back against the rank against the LA Rams and on the road at Arizona. They get two straight wins there. Week 10, they also get a L against the Jets. Yes, I have the Jets being the Dolphins. Um But that week 11 bye. Possibly even sooner. It's Tua time. I think they put in Tua either before or after that after that bye week, and they go on a five-game winning streak. Beat the Jets on the road, beat the Bengals at home, beat the Chiefs at home. Yes, I said that. I said the Dolphins beat the Chiefs back at home because it's Tua Tungvaluia, and I think he is going to be the phenom of this draft class in 2020. They're going to beat New England, and they're going to go on the road and beat the Vegas Raiders. But they'll fall short of a 9-7 season on the road at Buffalo, finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. It's going to be a tale of two seasons, of two halves of seasons for the Dolphins. I think whenever they put Tua in, this team is just going to catch fire. I think Parker and Tua are going to be a phenomenal duo down in Miami, and I really do like the Dolphins to finish 8-8 eight and eight this year. And the last place team is the New York Jets. Trust me, I had no bias doing this one. I just go through and I just say what I think. Week one, I think they get a W on the road at Buffalo. And then week two, I think they take an L at home to San Francisco. That is going to be brutal to watch. They go on the road at Indy, and I think they get a win there. I think they're going to beat the Colts on the road. It's going to be a shocker to a lot of people. I do do think the Colts are going to be very good. I think they're going to win their division. But I do think the Colts get caught napping early in the year and I think the Jets get out of there with the win. They're going to go back home for two straight and they're going to split it one and one. They're going to lose to Denver and beat Arizona. Then they're going to lose three straight. At the Chargers, they'll lose. At home against Buffalo, they'll lose. And on the road at the Chiefs, they'll lose. Then before the bye week, they'll win two straight. They'll beat the Patriots at home and then they'll go on the road and beat the Dolphins. They got that week 11 bye week. Then they play the Dolphins. And that's going to be the start of a very rough end of the season. They face the Dolphins at home. They'll take a loss on that one. Then they'll play the Vegas Raiders at home, which they will win. And then they're going to lose the final four games of the season. At Seattle, they take a loss. At the Rams, they take a loss. At home against Cleveland, they take a loss. And on the road at New England they take a loss finishing 6 and 10 on the year last place in the division and of course I'll put a poll up on Instagram um, most unlikely I may even forget I don't know but um I'll probably put a poll up there maybe try and get someone to make a graphic for me of this um just see what you guys think see what you guys think um Jets uh it will go in order Bills 
Bills, Miami, New England, and the Jets. Put the Miami, New England, whatever order you want to. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but either way, yep, that is the, my prediction for the AFC East records for 2020, if we have it. Yeah, I look forward to doing that more. That was a lot of fun to do, um, going through the schedules and looking through. But anyway, let's move on to our next topic. Gotta tell you, I am really looking forward to the next stop. Next topic. Um, <clears throat> so before the Robson Sportscast became a thing, um, I discovered a podcast that I'm not good buddies with. It's the Come On Man Sports Podcast. Um, Sean and Renee, I talk to them a lot. They are awesome guys. Um, but the first episode, well, not first episode I really got into and I really, really loved. I liked all their episodes before that. But the one I really liked was when they both did their NBA Mount Rushmore. It was fun listening to, and I love that idea. Uh, it's used plenty, but it's one of those things to where you can use it for any sport, and it works. Use it for the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the MLB. Heck, if you wanted to, you could do it for water polo. I don't know. If you know a lot about that, I'd be, A, really impressed, and B, you could do it. But, um, so I decided... To have a little fun with this last topic we're going to talk about today on the Robson Sportscast, we're going to do my edition of the NBA Mount Rushmore. So if you don't know what Mount Rushmore is, you are probably not an American, or have not been in America for that long. Um, it may or may not be the only important thing in South Dakota, but anyway, Mount Rushmore has f- four faces of the United States of America's most prolific presidents. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and Teddy Roosevelt. These four guys shaped U.S. history without a doubt. Now, these next four guys, in my personal opinion, shaped the history of the National Basketball Association. Now, here we go. The Robson Sportscast's NBA Mount Rushmore. Now, starting off, number one on the list... Michael Jordan. I don't think you can have a Mount Rushmore of the NBA without MJ. Because he is undoubtedly the most influential player in basketball history. You can make arguments, sure, but you probably aren't going to win them. I mean, Jumpman. Jordan Brand. Be like Mike. Space Jam. I mean, Michael Jordan was... The epitome of a phenom. Everyone wanted to be like Mike. That is why Michael Jordan is number one on my Mount Rushmore. Number two. Wilt Chamberlain. Let's just go ahead and say this. No one's ever going to forget the name Wilt Chamberlain. Because he's going to forever be in its history with his 100 point game. I don't care about the new way of NBA basketball where you shoot threes or make flashy dunks. No one's breaking that record. Never. If it happens, it'll be a cold day in hell. No one's going to break that. It is the most untouchable record in the NBA right now, I think. 
I mean, it is just unbelievable. He was the definition of man against boys. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain, in my opinion, is the most dominant force in NBA history. I really do believe that. Again, you can argue it, but that is my opinion. These are opinions. I'm allowed to have them. (laughs) But um, Wilt Chamberlain, yeah, he's number two on my list. Number three, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's a global phenom. Um, Late, great Kobe Bryant. Um, There's a reason people do, like, crumple a piece of paper and yell, Kobe! I missed. Dang it, I actually did. I had a piece of paper balled up over here. I thought that was going to be spectacular, but I missed wildly. Yeah, I never was very good at basketball, but anyway, um, now I'm sad. But uh, (laughs) I thought that was going to be much much cooler than it ended up being. But Kobe Bryant was a is a global phenom. I mean, every kid you see will yell Kobe around my age, and maybe not a kid, but around my age, will yell Kobe as they throw something at the trash can. I mean, it's just what you do. Um, before I even really got into basketball, that's what I did. I, just, I did that. That was just what you did. That's what the cool kids did, so I tried to follow it. Never was really a cool kid in school, though. But, uh, <laughs> but um, and number four, but yeah, and Kobe Bryant, to continue on, my bad, I, about, I skipped ahead a little bit. In terms of accomplishments, because you make arguments about personal life, Kobe Bryant was great on and off the court in terms of accomplishments. I mean, the guy's a five-time NBA champion. He won MVP. Undoubtedly, the most one of the most clutch players in NBA history. And off the court, he won an Academy Award. I mean, an Oscar or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly which one it was. I think it was an Oscar. No, I'm thinking about it, but... uh. Yeah, Kobe Bryant's great. I mean, on and off the court, he was a great guy. It, it broke my heart to its core when it was announced that he passed away. Um, not just because of the situation, but because of who else was lost in there, but just because it was Kobe. Um, Kobe was definitely an influence in my life in terms of basketball. When I watched basketball, I always wanted to watch Kobe. I was kind of wanting to be like Kobe, kind of want to be like Carmelo, be those scorers. I never was a scorer. I was more of a Dennis Rodman. I was a defensive guy. But, um... Yeah, Kobe Bryant, I mean, I mean, I think all of us playing in the on our driveway or on a basketball court anywhere, I've tried to pull off a Kobe fadeaway. Um, or but uh just can't do it like Kobe. I mean, he was a legend without a doubt, and that's why he's on my Mount Rushmore. Um Number four on my list. And before I say the same, I always want to know. There is no particular order to these. I'm just saying these four names. LeBron James. They call him the king for a reason. This guy is probably the most dominant force of this generation of basketball and one of the the most dominant forces in NBA history. This guy is a freight train moving. I mean, 250, this guy's a linebacker in the NFL or a defensive lineman or something. This guy is a brute. I mean... And he goes through his adversity. I mean, a lot of people have complained about the way he plays, like how he complains a lot. I have a little bit of an issue with it, but I've just sort of grown with it. I mean, that's just the NBA now. Um, It's a different league than it was back in the day. Um, He had that spurt where no one really thought he was going to win a championship. Uh, he He formed the big three in Miami to get that ring, but... 
when he got it, it was a sweet moment. The king finally got his coronation, and that was re- that was the coronation of the king right there uh, when he got that ring when the Miami Heat won the title. Um, and the guy made nine straight NBA Finals. I mean, there may never be a streak like that again for one player. I mean, that's just talk about dominating an era. That is LeBron James, and the craziest thing about LeBron James. This guy came into the league at 18 years old. Never been in a lick of trouble. Nothing ever off the court spots out as bad from LeBron James. Never had any allegations. Never had any arrests. Never had a DUI or anything like that. LeBron James is the perfect example of a baller. He knows his job. He does his job. He's a good a person all around. May have his issues with him on what he does on the court in terms of complaining. But you can't deny LeBron James, one of the GOATs, in my opinion. Now, I do have a few honorable mentions. Um, My first honorable mention is Jerry West. Uh, He's the logo, we assume anyway. I don't think it's ever been confirmed who the logo is, but Jerry West, we all assume, is the logo. But I know, and the reason I didn't put him on is because I thought about it. uh, If Jerry West, I was thinking my argument was like, there wouldn't be an NBA logo without Jerry West. I was like, it would just be somebody else. But, uh, Jerry West, definitely, in my opinion, just for that reason, being the logo. I mean, when you, whenever you see the NBA, you see Jerry West. Um, I got Magic Johnson. Uh, this guy was six foot nine point guard, and I mean, come on now, in the NBA today, that'd be unstoppable. He's what Ben Simmons should have been. <laughs> But Ben Simmons is never going to be Magic Johnson. Please don't take I take my word too seriously there. Ben Simmons is never going to be Magic Johnson. I also got Larry Bird. Uh, I sort of put them two together, Magic and Bird, because they defined an era. Like LeBron James defined the current era, like the this era of basketball. Magic and Bird defined theirs. Um, like and MJ defined his. I mean, Magic and Bird. I mean, that was the rivalry back in those days, and. The next one, another one I got, maybe a little controversial, but I have him on here. Stephen Curry. This guy solely changed the game with that three-point shot. He shoots it like no one else, ever. I mean, you can argue Ray Allen, but you won't win. Steph Curry is the most prolific three-point shooter of all time, and he is... he is this era's definitive basketball player. Like, the three-point era is what I call it. Three-point era traces back to Steph Curry. And really, that's he just barely missed out. But at the end of the day, it was Stephen Curry or LeBron James. And I don't even know how much pushback I would get for putting Curry over LeBron on Mount Rushmore. A lot of people are probably going to give me pushback just because you, you're saying it was close. I'm like, yeah, it was kind of close. They both defined Arras. But in the end, LeBron over Curry. But Curry definitely an honorable mention. He changed the game and revolutionized it really with the three-point shot. And that is the NBA Mount Rushmore for me, the host of the Robson Sportscast. And that is it. That's all I got for episode three. Um. A lot of fun to record again. It's late in the night again. I keep putting this off until the very last second, which is not very good for my health, I don't think, in terms of my sleep. I mean, I think I got to get up at like 7.40-something because I'm going to the beach this week, a little vacation. Um, But yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait for episode four. Um, 
I'm going to make a quick little announcement here. Next week, I plan on doing a listener's questionnaire. So very soon, I'm going to be posting a link on my personal Instagram, which you guys hopefully, if you guys know me personally, you're on, you know, you're on it. I'll also be doing it on at on the Robson Sportscast Instagram, which is at the Robson Sportscast. Be sure to go follow that. I'll be posting a link, and I will be letting you guys ask the pressing question. Your pressing question on your mind, asking me, and I will put it into next week's episode, and I will answer it for you. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope I get some. If I don't get really any, I may hold it off for another week or two, but I hope we can get that out there. I definitely will be posting that link as soon as this episode goes up here on this beautiful Monday. Um, I hope you all have a blessed day. Stay safe. God bless. This is your host, Alex Robson, signing off.